Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Right now, all stock outlets with USB ports are on sale. Ditch the need for bulky USB adapters. Upgrade your home with features like ultra-fast charging, allowing you to charge your smart devices up to 40% faster than standard USB outlets. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all the great deals happening this week. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is On The Mark. I'm Mark Carmen. The final four is here, and let's take a look at the one team that most people actually thought would be in the final four. That, of course, is North Carolina, Roy Williams and Company, back for the 20th time in the final four. That is a NCAA record. Zach Pearson keeping it heel. A site expert is with me to start the podcast today. Zach, thank you for taking time. Justin Jackson, named to the uh, AP First Team All-America squad, which uh, I would say deservedly so, and a pretty nice bounce-back season for him and a huge reason why the Tower Heels are where they're at. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, Jackson, you know, he really took advantage of that new NBA draft rule, um, testing out the waters, getting feedback on his game, and he worked hard all summer, and uh, it's certainly shown. I mean, he's very well-deserving of all the uh, accolades he's been racking up, the ACC Player of the Year, all the first teams, and he's definitely a big reason why uh, Carolina's back at the Final Four. Yeah, you go back to last summer, are you surprised? I mean, I am, that he actually ended up back at Carolina, sort of rededicated himself to getting better. It definitely has, and has set himself up pretty nicely for his own future. Yeah, you know, my initial thought when I saw that he uh, was going to declare for the draft was I thought he was gone. Um, he made the smart move by testing that new rule, you know, not hiring an agent. And then when, you know, he kind of said, oh, I'm coming back to North Carolina, you know, it, it kind of got, I know I got a lot of Tar Heel fans excited, but to see the improvement in his game, it's, you know, you got to be happy for the kid because especially when he's coming out of, uh, in, you know, uh, going into North Carolina as a McDonald's All-American, he never really developed into that player everyone thought he'd be the first two years. And now we're kind of seeing how good of a player he can actually be. He's on that first team with Frank Mason of Kansas, uh, Josh Hart of Villanova, Lonzo Ball of UCLA, and Caleb Swanigan of Purdue. So do the math on there. There's one player that's actually in the Final Four, and that would be Justin Jackson. All right, so hey, let's, let's talk about this matchup. And it seems to me that Carolina's obviously their huge edge is inside and pounding the boards. They want to play fast. Oregon wants to play slow. Do you think they'll be able to control the tempo? Uh, I think they will. Uh, we've seen a couple of times this year where teams have tried to play slow against Carolina and, you know, the target has kind of imposed their will on them. Uh, Butler tried to slow down the game, and you saw how that went. UNC dominated the boards, got out to that big lead. Uh, I think 
Oregon's a more talented team and it's probably outside of Kentucky the best team he's faced in this tournament. Uh, but I do see the Tar Heels getting out running. But the one thing you got to keep an eye on is uh, Oregon has a couple good guards in uh, Dylan Brooks and uh, Dylan, or yeah, Dylan Brooks, Dylan, Dylan Ennis, and uh, Tyler Dorsey. So they they do have the firepower to you know keep up with Carolina. So it'll be interesting to see how UNC goes about that. A lot of people are making the Chris Jenkins Villanova shot last year as something that motivated Carolina this season. And I, I mean, I think that's true to a point, but I also think that. You know, Carolina would be here regardless. But that's kind of like a nice little thing and maybe some karma coming back around, which we'll, we'll get to Mr. May in a second. But uh, how much do you think last year's ending did impact this team? Oh, I think it impacted it a lot. I mean, they're, I read a report that Carolina, you know, they're all in a group text message. The group name is Unfinished Business. It's kind of gone with that motto all season long. And losing, you know, Bryce Johnson, Marcus Page, you can tell it impacted players like Joel Berry and Justin Jackson who are on the court watching that shot go in. You know, they kind of want to do it for themselves. They want to do it for the seniors. And I know it's been a talking point for them all year. They hear it almost every postgame. You just mentioned Joel Berry, and first he had a left ankle, then a right ankle, then a left ankle, then a right ankle. Basically, he sprained his ankles multiple times. I'm sure he'll be playing on Saturday, but what what sense do you get on how effective he's going to be? Uh, you really have to look when they practice Thursday and Friday if he goes out and practices. Roy Williams said he was scared to death of Barry's ankle and the situation. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on for the next couple of days. But without Barry 100%, UNC kind of takes a little bit of a step backwards, and you saw that in this NCAA tournament. Um, if he's close to 100% and playing well, uh, they got to, you know, I think they're going to win anyway, but they might run away with it. Um, we haven't really seen Joel Berry be that player that everyone thought he'd be because of the ankle injuries. And a lot of people forget he won uh, most valuable player of the ACC tournament in 2016 and was a huge part in them making that national, you know, that run to the national championship game. So you got a lot of confidence going on here, Zach. I mean, we've got, you know, Oregon's beating some impressive teams. They're whipping Kansas, who a lot of people had winning it all. Michigan was playing as well as anybody. Why do you have this much confidence in Carolina? I just think they're too good all around and that they have matchup problems that, you know, they're a unique team. Not many guys can come out and – or not many teams can come out and dominate the paint like Carolina does. And then when you have shooters like Justin Jackson and Joel Berry, uh, you know, it's easy to kick it out. Uh, the Tar Heels could be in a little bit of a trouble, though, if, like we mentioned earlier, if Oregon can slow the pace and double up the bigs. We've seen Carolina struggle in the past with situations like that. So, okay, that, uh, pretty clear then. You have Carolina winning it all. Yes, I do. Which, If they do get to the championship game, which do you think is a more favorable matchup? Uh, I do think South Carolina is a more favorable matchup. Uh, I think they they are better than South Carolina. They're slightly better than Gonzaga. Uh, the two best teams are Gonzaga and North Carolina right now. I think that would be the more interesting matchup. Fair enough. All right, let's go to Mr. May. Luke May comes basically out of nowhere. Here's a guy who gets to Carolina. He was going to walk on as a freshman. They find a scholarship for him, and he just works and works and works. And now – playing bigger than he ever has in the NCAA tournament. How does this happen as a senior? Man, (laughs) 
Man, uh, that story's pretty special. I was as shocked as anyone with his production this year. Watching him last year, you know, he rarely got into games. When he did, he, he sort of struggled. You could tell that the game just wasn't there for him yet. Um, they mentioned on the broadcast, you know, he went into Roy Williams' office in the off season and said, I'm going to work harder than any other player on this team, and it's improved. And I think the biggest thing about May is he's worked on his jump shot. A lot of bigs, you know, stay in the paint. They don't have that outside game that May has. But if you're watching Carolina, May comes off and he sits back in the three-point line. He just drains threes or drains long jumpers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was as surprised as anyone to see how well he's playing. I mean, he's averaged less than 15 minutes per game. He had never scored more than 13 points in any of his first 65 college games. And now in his last two, he's put up 33 combined. And he hit the shot that will forever be remembered around Carolina. And he's showing up at his 8 a.m. class, and there's, he's getting a standing ovation. There's got to be a movie made here, Zach. I think you should get on it. <laughs> I'll try my best. I said it after the game. I think I tweeted it out. The three biggest shots in North Carolina basketball history are Michael Jordan, Marcus Page, and Luke May. I mean, that's just that's incredible. Yeah, and let's just give him props for a second here. If I'm hitting that shot, I don't know if I'm going to business 101 at 8 a.m. on a Monday, but Luke May is there, and this is a first-class guy both on and off the court. Yeah, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I wouldn't have been there either, but, yeah. That was that was a pretty cool video to see, and you know he got his props. I think he was you know he was featured on uh, Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. They did a little feature on him, I believe, and yeah, it's just it's just a cool story. It's one of those stories that you love, you love to see in March. Let's wrap it up with the uh, the coaching matchup here. You got Dana Altman for Oregon, and uh, of course uh, Roy Williams. Do, do you uh, put a lot of stock into who's coaching the game, or is that kind of in the back bar- in the background for you right now? Uh, there's definitely um, some stock there. I, I, um, I've never been a critic of Roy. There's been times where he has kind of, you know, not made the right calls. But going back to you know that Kentucky game, a lot of people are wondering why why didn't he call timeout? Why didn't he call timeout? Well, Roy doesn't call timeouts late in the games like that. And um, they'll probably do something if the game's close in the Final Four or in the national championship game. You'll see that kind of same style where he won't call a timeout or let his players play. Um, but yeah, I do think there is a big impact in coaching. If you look, Carolina was down 64-59 against Kentucky. Five minutes left. They moved to that zone. Roy switched them to the zone. They went on a 12-0 run. Yep. The defense was amped up. I mean, there's there is, there is a lot there with the coaching. And, that, and that's not to take away from Altman either. I mean, he's a hell of a coach. Right. Final score, you want to give a prediction? Uh, I usually don't do predictions, but I'll give you one. Um, I'm going to say let's go North Carolina 75, say Oregon 69. Okay, fair enough. It's uh, it's in the books now, Zach. Way to step out. 75-69 Carolina. <laughs> hey, we appreciate the time and great job with the coverage of keeping it heel. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. So there's a look at the North Carolina Tar Heels and a lot of confidence there, but uh, you got to figure that Carolina is feeling a whole lot of that bravado as they enter into the Final Four, the team with the most experience and maybe the most talent. But let's go out to Oregon. Ottzenzu.com, Justin Phillips, site expert for the Oregon Ducks, doing it all 
and probably did not <laughs> expect to be here in the final four and talking on this on the mark podcast today is that fair justin did you did you have the ducks in your bracket pool i'm guessing you did not or but maybe you did I did not, but I mean, it all depends on matchups and, and how you play and momentum. And, you know, both teams going into this one with four game winning streaks. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, once you, once you get to the tournament, numbers are basically thrown out the window and it's whoever plays, whoever playing best at the time. So, and that is true. But to dominate Kansas, I mean, there was moments in the second half, I guess, last weekend where it was like, the Ducks were just waiting or giving Kansas a chance to get back in the game and KU could just not hit a shot. But other than that, I, I thought whenever you needed a bucket, I mean, the Ducks just earned their way and they did it against Michigan too. I mean, I think this team belongs big time. Yeah, Jordan Bell, um, I mean, obviously they lost Chris Boucher coming out of the Pac-12 tournament. Yep. Uh, and, you know, he's, we'll talk about that here in a minute. He's, he's going to be really missed, I think, in this game against North Carolina coming up. Uh, this weekend, but when you when you look at the talent, what Jordan Bell has done in this tournament so far, um, I've seen stats where he's being compared to like Hakeem Olajuwon when he played in the tournament. He's you know he's getting offensive, he's getting rebounds, he's making shots. Um, he's got a he's got a meme site out there. <laughs> well, he's screaming at but, Dana. Uh, he's screaming at Dana Altman too. I mean, this is a guy that's uh, their relationship is interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, but I mean, you've got you've got offense, you know, all around with Oregon. I mean, you've got the the freshman sensation in Peyton Pritchard, um, who is just getting going, um, you know, as a young man on the on the floor, and you know, getting some really good assists out there. Um, you've got Tyler Dorsey, who's just been on fire, eight straight games of twenty plus points. And then, of course, you've got Dylan Brooks, but I don't think we really need to talk about him, do we? <laughs> Not necessarily, no. Well, here, let's go back to Chris Boucher because uh, against uh, yeah. Car- against Carolina, the size that they're bringing, you know, Meeks is grabbing basically everything that's coming off the glass. Can Oregon, in your mind, with the size disadvantage, hang in there? And do you, I mean, what, how do they combat what's going to be going on? Well, I mean, every every team in the Pac-12 that Oregon has played has basically been outside. Um, so, obviously, going into this one, you know, Altman going into his first Final Four, you know, Williams having Roy Williams having all of the experience, you know, in his basket. I think it's going to be a bigger challenge for Oregon. But you know, if Bell keeps playing the way that he is, um, if Cavell Bigby Williams, um, one of the other Ducks big men, can can have a really good game. I think the Ducks might actually have a chance, uh, at least, to, to keep it competitive. If not, you know, as we said before, you know, turn around, they could take the, they could win the game. Okay, now pace is being put. I mean, we uh, Car- Carolina wants to play fast, Oregon wants to play slow. In the tournament, the Ducks have been able to control tempo pretty much in every single game. How, in your mind, have they been able to do that? Just experience throughout the year, um, you know, experience with, you know, the players that they have on the floor, you know, at the time. I mean, keep in mind, Oregon does a lot during the regular season off of their bench, too. So, I mean, not only do you have Peyton Pritchard, you know, in the starting lineup, but you've got a very capable sixth man in, in Casey Benson this year, too, who can, who can basically run the show as well. Okay. Uh, that's, that's fair. 
How? Uh, tell me about uh, 1939, first time in the Final Four since then, and how the Ducks community is just kind of celebrating this. And I mean, is it, hey, whatever happens from here, pure gravy? Or are, are people thinking, hey, let's go win this thing? Well, I mean, I think people are thinking, you know, hey, they can go win this thing. Um, you know, I mean, this is a, a, a point where, you know, like we you know, said, they haven't been there since 1939. And, you know, back then, obviously a different story than it is now with that being the first tournament and this, you know, and we're being where we're at at this point. But, um, you know, I think the community is, has embraced this team. Um, they've certainly come out and, uh, you know, and had a lot of sellouts at the arena this year. <laughs> Um, and when you have two straight years in a row of, you know, of undefeated seasons at home, um, I think that says a lot about, you know, the program and what, you know, what coach Dana Altman has done, uh, in the seven years that he's been here in Eugene. Right. And you're talking about five straight trips to the tournament, uh, back to back elite. Eights. Oh yes. I mean, this is, uh, this is an unbelievable, uh, job by Dana Altman. What, what has he done so well in your mind outside of just getting good players? Just consistency. Um, I mean, he gets guys that can play, that are competitive, that are hungry, um, that give 100% and don't give up, um, you know, even when they're down. Um, you, know, they, you know, they try to find a way to, um, you, know, to, you know, from way down deep to try to get back and, and, and be competitive. And I think that might be the, you know, the overall edge that this team has in the tournament this year is, you know, they're, they're as competitive as they come. You, know, you you go back through the tournament here, Justin, and, and you think about the Rhode Island game, and Oregon's turning the ball over a ton, and you're barely getting by an 11 seed. Now, granted, that was a pretty good 11 seed, and I I, I liked I actually had Rhode right. Island in my, my in my Sweet 16, but this is <laughs> this is uh, this is a team that has had some adversity and fought through it throughout games, and I mean they're going to have that against Carolina. It's obviously not going to be smooth sailing. So I mean this is, this is a battle tested squad. I think that's one thing you have to like about the Ducks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, you know, foul trouble is going to be a key in this game, um, you know, depending on, on what side of the ball it is. Um, you know, if, if Brooks ends up in foul trouble early, you know, that, that you know, t- could mean trouble for Oregon. But, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're trying to get it to go the other way, right? <laughs> if you're a Ducks fan, yes, most definitely. <laughs> This I hope hopefully this podcast is being listened to by both Carolina and Oregon and neutral people, and they're all they're all about right. to, they're all about to make a bet based on what you're going to stay here, Justin. Tell me why Oregon. Uh-oh. Tell me why Oregon wins this game if they do. Is outside of just shooting um, shooting the lights out, which they certainly did, in the, especially in the first half against Kansas. Well, I mean, North Carolina is a different animal, I think, than anybody else they've seen this season. Um, you know, they're, they're a one seed in, you know, for a reason, um, you know, they've got they you know, a couple of guys line. that they can guard the three point line. They've got, you know, Jackson averaging 18 a game, um, you know, Meeks pulling down roughly 10 rebounds a game. Uh, but I mean, for, for Oregon, you've got guys with experience. You've got guys that can get it done, um, you know, obviously, you know, Dylan's going to be the focus, but if you can get it to, you know, to Tyler Dorsey, um, and, you know, he can hit that outside shot, which he's done in the tournament, you know, a couple of times from, you know, the top of the key in a couple of key situations, um, you know, I think Oregon has a real chance in this one. Prediction? You want to go with one? Uh, prediction. 
I think it's going to be close. <laughs> Don't know if it's going to come down to a final shot. Obviously, North Carolina puts about 80 points up a game, Oregon about 75. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 76-67 Oregon. Okay. You're not doing that just to please your readers, are you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Justin, appreciate the time. Great coverage, and we enjoy it at OtzenZoo.com for all your Oregon Ducks. Not just the hoops, but anything going on with Oregon athletics. You can get it all there. OtzenZoo.com. Justin, appreciate it. No problem. Uh, My pleasure. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.